I'm Nanda Fintelberg for Buzz News and joining me in the studio is Yadin Kaufman. He's one of the pioneers of venture capital in Israel and the co-founder of two venture capital firms, Veritas Venture Partners and Sadara Ventures. And he also has a connection to South Africa. Previously, he managed a tech fund for Anglo-American. Yadin has also launched several initiatives over the past 16 years to help Palestinians create a technology ecosystem. Hi, Yadin. Um, well, hello and welcome to Biz News. Thank you very much, Linda. Good to be here. We've got to ask, how are you? How are things there? Uh, things are, are not good here. Uh, I'd say it's probably been uh, the worst week in, well, last week was probably the worst week in the 75-year history of Israel, uh, which of course has known quite a few bad weeks, but uh, I haven't been around all 75. But certainly in my in my time here and what you hear from everybody else, it's just been it's been horrific, really. Um, the events of October 7th, um, the massacre of civilians, the large-scale massacre of civilians, men, women, children, babies, elderly, uh, people that are at a music festival. Um, you know, This has just absolutely shaken the country, and uh, it's going to take time to, to recover from. And right now, people are still, you know, still busy. Um, helping people from the South, burying the dead, identifying the dead, um, trying to understand what happened, how it happened, and uh, trying to trying to make, well, I don't think you can make sense of it, but, uh, you know, the, the atrocities that we saw here were just unlike anything uh, we've seen before. You've said in an interview before that just about everybody has been affected by this, knows somebody who's been affected, and you also have the subsequent calling up of Israeli reservists. Right. You know, Israel's a, a very small country. I mean, you you might not know it given uh, the amount of noise we make, but it's a country of not even 10 million people, and uh, 1,300, 1,300 were killed uh, in a single day here. Uh, more, Many more were injured, uh, some seriously, people taken hostage. Uh, so everyone uh, either has lost someone in their family or is very close to someone who has friends, family. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, people going to funerals, people going to condolence calls, and um, everyone knows someone. And then, as you say, uh, the army has called up, uh, you know, we of course have a standing army, but uh, in, in extreme situations, the country relies on its reserve force, and the country has called up about uh, 360,000 reserve soldiers. Um, so, of course, everybody knows either, again, everyone has family members or knows close friends who have family members serving. And remarkably, a lot of Israelis living abroad, um, you know, got on a plane and uh, volunteered, you know, came back in order to be able to serve the country and, and to volunteer here. Well, one of the newspapers described that President Biden is visiting today and they said he's landing in hell. Is that a exaggeration look uh, you know the country the country functions uh, it's not as though things are burning up i mean I, I live in a suburb of tel aviv and for several days now we haven't had to go into the bomb shelter we haven't had any had any sirens for several days uh you know but the psyche of people is hell i think that's that's an accurate uh as good as accurate as accurate a description as uh, as anything but, you know, we very much uh, value the fact that President Biden came. 
uh, today. Uh, of course, uh, Chancellor Schultz of Germany was here yesterday. I believe uh, President Macron of France and uh, Prime Minister Sunak from the UK are due to visit here. President of Romania was here. Uh, Mayor Adams of New York made uh, you know some incredibly supportive statements. And this is these things are extremely important because Israel doesn't always get the support that uh, you know many of us feel uh, it deserves. And um, you know to to feel that support. Uh, especially from the United States, of course, uh, is is extremely heartwarming and important, important strategically as well, because it sends a message to to uh, you know other other countries in the region who would wish Israel harm. Well, um, you've always extended a hand out to the Palestinians. Um, you've got this Palestinian internship group. Can you tell us more about this initiative? Yeah, I've been working for many years. Uh, to try to help uh, help the Palestinians build a startup sector in Palestine, uh, I'm doing this because I've found you know some extremely talented people there who are ambitious, who are looking to build things, and uh, I believe it's very much in Israel's interest as well. I think that uh, when you have huge economic gaps or disparities between two people who live so close to one another. Uh, that's very unhealthy. It's it's very bad for the Palestinians to have poverty, to have unemployment, to be hopeless uh, in many cases. Uh, but it's also very bad for Israel when uh, when there are people right next door to us uh, who are experiencing that because it it helps create instability. Uh, not to mention the opportunity cost. I mean, the things we could be doing together. Um, so that's been you know what what's guided me. And the things I've been trying to work on now for for many years. Um, I started a venture capital fund that invested in the first Palestinian startups, and as you mentioned, I started a, a nonprofit called the Palestinian Internship Program, which brings young Palestinian university graduates. And now I'm talking from the West Bank, which is different from Gaza, which is, of course, where the the problems have been in the last several weeks, maybe several years. Um, but these are West Bank Palestinians. As I say, many of them anxious to create a better future, uh, want to build something. They see what Israel has managed to do as the startup nation, and they want to do something similar. So this internship program takes some of these terrific young people and gives them their first opportunity, their first professional opportunity by bringing them to do internships at companies in Israel. And we've had we've worked with hundreds of young Palestinians by now. Uh, and more than 100, actually, have been placed at internships at companies ranging from Google and Cisco and Intel, all of which, of course, are huge multinational companies that have significant operations here in Israel. And they've also worked at, you know, many, many of them have worked at Israeli startups and Israeli venture capital funds who've been willing to kind of open their doors and their hearts and uh, bring in a young Palestinian and help uh, give them experience, skills, network. And the idea being then that they will take all of those back with them to the West Bank, to East Jerusalem, uh, and help develop the economy there. And as I say, that's in everyone's interest. Have you had any of these interns from the Gaza area? We have not. Uh, for for I started the program almost 10 years ago now. Uh, we've tried uh, on at least one occasion to get a Gazan to intern, uh, but we have not been able to get a permit. Uh, for a Gazan intern, unfortunately. Um, 
And, you know, that, that's likely to uh, remain the case now for quite some time. Uh, and in fact, even for West bankers today, it's, it's not possible to come over to Israel just in, you know, in the wake of these most recent incidents. We have had several people from Gaza participate in another program we set up called the Mentorship Program, which is done over Zoom. Uh, and there, of course, we've been able to work with Gazans, and we've had, uh, we've had a number of Gazans. I believe it's eight uh, Gazans participate in the Mentorship Program over the years, um, also to help give them uh, the ties to people who have business experience, who can help them develop their own businesses. Um, we also had an event, uh, we have a networking event once a year. We just had one two months ago and we actually had four young Gazans, uh, who had been in the mentorship program come to Herzliya in Israel and participate in that event. And it was, I spoke with some of them. It was, you know, remarkable and it just shows the potential, I think, for the personal relationships and for what we can do together. Um, so it's uh, so distressing to see that that now is all going to be on hold uh, for a while, at least. Previously been involved in a World Economic Forum advocacy group of Israeli and Palestinian business people lobbying political leaders to advance peace between the Israelis and Palestine. Is there any hope that that process can now be revived? Yeah, well, first of all, there's always hope. I mean, I'm... I'm optimistic, which is why I live here and why I've been in the venture capital business, investing in startups. Um, so there's always hope. Uh, and I, I firmly believe that, uh, you know, it's imperative for all of us living here in the region that Israelis and Palestinians find a way, a better way uh, than we've had until now to, uh, to live together and to work together because there's tremendous potential and because otherwise we're just both uh, both peoples suffering uh, terribly. So I still very much believe that it's in the interest of the Palestinians and the Israelis to reach an accommodation. I think uh, certainly a Palestinian state is um, is one possible outcome, and I, I happen to think it's the desirable one, both for Israel and for the Palestinians. I think that's going to take a while now. Uh, because obviously this has been a huge setback, even though the problems have come from Gaza. Um, but uh, but I think Israelis are going to be more reluctant uh, to you know to to be even willing to uh, pursue that uh, that line today and and tomorrow. Uh, now I also think this is going to take a change in leaderships, probably on both sides. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, but I, I think that uh, it's likely to take different leaders. But it, the, the group you mentioned is a group of Palestinian and Israeli business people uh, who have come together. Uh, it's called Breaking the Impasse and started by some very prominent people uh, in, in the business world on both sides. And I think we, all of us in the group, understand um, how important it is to everyone that we try to work together and find find uh, an accommodation here, which is going to need it's going to require compromises on on both sides. But uh, but I'm optimistic that you know same heads will prevail and we can make that happen. How has this all affect this um, program of yours? How's the escalating conflict? Can you go ahead with it? Well, you know, first of all, I would say that. Uh, you know, we, we've all lived through difficult times before, and even since we started the program, the, the internship program about 10 years ago, we've had other 
uh, cases of conflict with Palestinians, primarily in Gaza, but also in some cases, tensions with the West Bank. We've been able to come back from those. In fact, we've been able to work through those. Uh, this time is different. You know, this horror that Israel experienced uh, on October 7th is, uh, is just absolutely different. Uh, you know, the massacres that we saw here affected every Israeli. And uh, I know that uh, a number of companies uh, were in the late stages of preparing offers to interns, to Palestinian interns, to come uh, and do an internship at their company, which obviously the interns were very much looking forward to, the West Bankers, the East Jerusalemites. Those things are on hold now. Um, no companies today are willing to, to go, at least the ones we've been in touch with, have, are willing today to, um, you know, they're all focused on other things. Uh, they're focused on trying to help the survivors of these massacres. They're trying to help the victims who've had to be uh, displaced from their homes in the South. Um, they're trying to help the, the people who've suffered in their own companies, who've lost family members, and their heads are not into a, a program that involves Israeli-Palestinian cooperation today. And I, I completely understand that, of course. My hope is that um, as the violence uh, ceases, uh, that we will be able to you know, reignite the program. Perhaps some people will believe that these kind of things are, you know, more important than they thought they were a few, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Right now, it's uh, it's a very difficult time. So can we talk about the um, Israeli tech sector at large? How resilient is it to weather events like this? Although this is like, like the biggest one, would they be able to um, come back after this or would deals go ahead as they normally do? So I'll say a few things. First of all, Israelis are extremely resilient. Uh, we've lived through, you know, numerous wars, two intifadas, um, many, many challenges, problems. Uh, Israel is an extremely resilient country. And we always said that, you know, missiles may be flying, but uh, companies don't have to miss any deadlines. And they, you know, it's all export based companies, the tech sector, um, and uh, they've managed to work through very difficult situations. Today, um, you know, as I said, I think is different. Um, 360,000 young people have been called into reserve duty. It's been said that about 15% of those are from the tech sector. Um, so quick calculation, that's about 54,000 people. Um, who are not working in uh, in their tech companies. Of course, many others have to be at home to care for family members or friends who are grieving or for young children who are not in school now. So um, the the industry is, uh, is obviously being affected. Um, it wasn't an easy time for the tech sector before all this happened, um, given the, the downturn in the, in the tech economy, layoffs, and so on. Um, however, uh, this is not the end of, uh, the, of the Israeli tech sector. It's not the end of Israeli economy. It's not the end of Israel. Uh, we will come back from this, and I think we'll probably come back stronger. Um, but right now, in the, in the very short term, you know, the, ter the Hamas terrorism that we experienced is, um, is taking a toll. And, uh, you know, obviously Israel is going to do what it has to do. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the tech sector is, is being affected. 
um, this might not be your area of expertise, but what about other deals with international companies? There were large deals like large oil deals with, say, um, companies from the UAE. Would those also now be on hold? So, as you said, that's not my uh, that's not the area in which I'm involved. I'm, I'm obviously an involved and concerned citizen, so I do and I, I know people, so I, I do hear things. Look, I think in the immediate term, um, companies that were in the process of acquiring acquiring Israeli companies, making investments in Israeli companies, are likely to to put those uh, activities on hold. I don't think they're going to cancel them because they obviously were very much in in the interests of, of both sides. So I don't, I don't think they're going to be canceled. I think they'll likely be delayed. Uh, you know, people have to come see what they're buying or what they're investing in in many cases. And people aren't traveling here uh, or most people are not traveling here. Uh, so in the short term, it will have an impact. It will delay deals uh, and, and probably more with uh, the Arab world than uh, with other places, right? Um, the U.S., Europe, uh, there's a much longer history of, of working together. People have seen that we're able to withstand tragedy and uh, crisis and still, you know, still manage and still preserve the assets we have and, and grow them once the fighting is over. So I think that, um, you know, th that's not going to be a long-term impact. Uh, relations with the Arab world, uh, you know, I'm very hopeful will be sustained. These are new for the most part, the Abraham Accords. Uh, and of course, there were discussions about uh, expanding the Abraham Accords to include potentially Saudi Arabia uh, and other countries as well. Um, I'm sure that will be difficult to do in the in the current environment. I'm hopeful that, again, and uh, as soon as the fighting stops, everyone will be able to uh, keep their eye on the long-term interests of all sides, which I, I think argues in favor of uh, maintaining and expanding these kind of peaceful business relationships. So, so these last ten days have been absolutely horrific. Here, I mean, we saw uh, we saw massacres on a scale that we've never seen. Uh, Hamas terrorists coming in by the thousands, uh, invading southern Israel, and uh, massacring, apparently pillaging, raping, taking hostages, just committing. Uh, almost unspeakable uh, brutality and atrocities here, and that's that's had a big impact on people here. I don't think those images and those memories will be forgotten, nor should they. Um, and that's the that's the situation we're facing today. I think that once uh, you know, once the fighting is over, and clearly uh, Israel is going to do what it has to do to, um, you know, punish those who were responsible for for these atrocities. Um, and of course, deter other enemies from um, contemplating any similar uh, attacks on Israel. But once the fighting is over, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to uh, find ways to continue working together um, with Palestinian Israelis and Palestinians, because I think it's in the interests of all of us here, and it's the only thing that can help us towards a better future. Yadin Kaufman talking to us from um, from near Tel Aviv. It's actually, what is it, Ranana? Ranana, yeah. Sometimes referred to as Ranana Fontaine uh, because there are many, many South Africans, uh, many Anglo Anglos here, and uh, English is sort of uh, uh, very, very freely spoken. And uh, many, many South Africans helped build the city, actually. Uh, the city is about 100 and 
I think 101 years old, and uh, South African immigrants have played a, a major role in the, in the development of Rwanda, and and continue to this day. Do you still have links to South Africa? Only people I know. I'm not doing business in South Africa these days. Um, as you know, we worked closely with Anglo-American Corporation, and it was a very, very good, very fruitful, fruitful relationship. Uh, we enjoyed it very much. And South Africa is just an absolutely beautiful country. I really enjoyed uh, being able to visit there many times and uh, do business there. Uh, today, the relationships are personal ones, uh, friendships, partnerships that we formed, and I very much, uh, very much enjoy those. Yadin Kaufman, thank you so much for speaking to us, and we're thinking of you. Thank you very much, Linda. 